This is episode 24 of the Now Is podcast. My name is Ben Remsen, and the idea of this podcast is to do a recorded version of the concept you might know from Downbeat Magazine's Blindfold Test and The Wire Magazine's Invisible Jukebox, to play tunes for musicians without telling them what they're about to hear and see what they have to say. What follows is the conversation that I had with Tim Stein on the afternoon of August 26, 2017, in my now former living room in the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago. Tim is a Chicago-based improviser and composer who plays guitar in many groups and ad hoc improvised contexts. You're currently hearing me talk over Watts from the 2016 self-titled Tim Stein Trio album. At the end of the interview, you'll hear Why In from the same album. A note about this episode, I invited Tim to suggest records to put on to supplement the normal blindfold test format. These tracks come towards the end of the interview, and I think it'll be pretty clear when Tim is not guessing. You can find the Now Is podcast in the iTunes store. Perhaps you already have. You can stream it at nowis.org, N-O-W-I-S.org, where you'll find information about all the tracks that I played for Tim. Feel free to also like the Now Is podcast on Facebook. Okay, Tim Stein. Smoking at the half note. <laughs> Four on six. Yeah, there you go. When you say Wes, what um, at the half note? Smoking at the half note. Smoking at the half note. Um, bye bye. Okay. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you? Uh, so you, just, you know the tune, or you, or what? No. So when I was in school, they you know they would make you learn shit. Basically. Right. Should I cuss? Should I not cuss? You can definitely curse. Okay. <laughs> they make me learn shit. Yeah. Uh, and this was. This is one of the ones I think that everybody else learned. Okay. And there's another one on this on this record called D Natural Blues. Mm-hmm. That's the one I learned. Uh, but yeah, Wes is. I mean, it all kind of. You know. I I have uh, people have told me recently that I will that I sort of play like him, and I do. And there's a sort of a model that he does, which he starts single notes like this, mm-hmm. and. After a bit, he'll play octaves, yeah. and then he'll play chords. Uh-huh. Uh, and I kind of do the same thing without the octaves because they're hard. <laughs> so, but I have, you know, the chord thing. I really, if I'm playing changes, that's kind of like my my shit. It, but you're talking specifically leading with single note lines and then going into chords. Yes. Okay. So. And what does that do? I mean, it just it just gives it an arc, you know. Yeah. Especially if you have a thing in your head where you're like, okay, I'm gonna play. However much. Now here's octaves. Okay. Some more. Yeah. He's doing like call and response thing. Uh, and in like a minute, he'll start playing chords. Sure. So my my teacher in Cincinnati was a Wes dude, and he gave me he had a couple books, and I just went just really went through those books, and that's that's just where it came from. And I think I think I do a, like you know a little bit more of an updated version of it. He does a lot of like, tell me if this is getting too dorky. No way. He, he does a lot of like diminished uh, sort of passing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are cool, uh, but I don't I don't like them as mm-hmm. much. So, well, it's, I, I, would, I can imagine, I hear you doing passing stuff that's just much more, much more dissonant, you know? Yeah. More like a, a Derek Bailey version of a diminished passing chord kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and that's, 
Uh, I mean, if, I'm, I'm, yeah, I do do that. But like, if, as far as like just strictly playing changes, that's not like I don't hear that stuff necessarily. But yeah, even when I'm playing, when I'm improvising, it's still sort of in the back, you know. It, it's I think it's in the back because uh, it's cool, number one. Yeah. And number reason. two, it it just it, it it's kind of a pre-set up thing to give your solo like a. Thing, you know? Yeah, narrative arc. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, sure. Um, and I've been working on getting away from that too because uh, you know, saxophone players don't, trumpet players don't play chords. You know? Right. So it's it's it's. Uh, Does it feel important to you to not do something that's like so tied to the guitar? Oh. Uh, as an instrument. I mean, yeah, that's the kind of the stuff. I mean, I don't really. I have listened to a lot of guitar players, but I don't really listen to guitar players anymore. Um, and I don't think that's like a real conscious thing, but I just, I don't know, I think, and this is something I was kind of hoping we talk about, I think the kind of the state of guitar today, like jazz, capital J, yeah. is kind of fucking whack. Sure. So there's no Go on. It, well, there's just not, okay, we can talk about, let's talk about this stuff. So I have this sort of, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a bias or what, but I feel like there's sort of a thing in guitar where... And this is true for jazz dudes too, even though it's going to be sort of a rock reference. It's like either you think Eddie Van Halen is like the shit, right? Or you don't think Eddie Van Halen is the shit, right? You know, so you either you come at it with like, you know, your fucking balls out, right? And being like, here's my fucking guitar and effects and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or you or you don't think that, and I don't think that, right? So, um. I guess I've always sort of felt like what I do is like against that, you know. Sure, I mean, particularly like having the totally dry acoustic sound, right? Whichever guitar you're playing, it's, it's still it's very the, dry. Right, it's the opposite of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the opposite, but I hope. I yeah, hope it's interesting <laughs> that you say it's the opposite because then if we listen to something like, I don't know, some of the other stuff we'll listen to, I feel like we'll interact with that. I'll, I'll save my thought about that. Um, and now I know what I want to play next. Um, so where does, how does that connect to stuff like this? Well, I mean, this, this is, I think, I think of this as, you know, capital J jazz. Yeah. This, I mean, you know, wherever you're coming from, I think, you know, jazz, guitar, I mean, you have to, hopefully, you've dealt with this at some point. Right. And, you know, know the whole record and can play the solo on Deep Natural Blues right now, you know? Yeah, sure. And I think that, I think that makes, uh, you know, a well-rounded I mean, you got to know the history, right? Right. And this is, you know, stop number two or three on the jazz guitar history train. Sure, sure. I don't, I don't, the main thing I think is, is if you can't be funky without pedals, you can't be funky with pedals. It's like if you're on a date, if I'm going on a date with you, you Sounds know, nice. do I, <laughs> maybe dinner, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Well, this, this is what I'm saying, like. If I'm going on a date with you and I know it's on Thursday, on Wednesday, am I going to like email you a dick pic? Right. Or am I going to be like, hey, I'm really looking forward to going out with you. There you go. We have a reservation at Che Stein. So when, when I feel like I, a lot of jazz guitarists, uh, they just, you know, they do the dick pic. Yeah. Anticipation. 
Anticipation, yeah. There's, there's just, you know, it's like you just get to the main course right away. Right, sure. So give me a little, you know, let's have some heavy petting first. Uh, ooh. Oh, it's Charlie Bird. Uh, Char that's, nope. No. Hmm. It's Jim Hall. Is it? Mm -hmm. Uh, is this the... Well, I definitely want to hear your thoughts about the, the comping accompaniment, kind of, this is, maybe this doesn't constitute comping. But. Oh, for sure, I think this is the definition of comping. Okay, so tell me about it. Uh, well, I mean, it's super beautiful right. to start with. And I thought it was Charlie Bird because it sounds a little bit like he's playing a nylon mm -hmm. string. Um, but that's the other thing I think that sort of goes by the wayside and something that maybe I'm guilty of too is that thing that he played at the beginning that yeah you can yeah. put it back I'll just go that's like here it is that's like a beautiful whistleable melody mm -hmm. I mean I don't want to even talk over it I want to hear it you know well you have to talk over it <laughs> well almost hold on here no it's not I mean and that's I guess that's what I, you know, I don't hear, I don't feel like I don't hear, I mean, just the sound of this is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. It's like the most beautiful, it's fucking beautiful. It's so beautiful. And so, to the comping specifically, uh, he's, there's interest going on behind the, I mean, I don't want to like musically fucking dork out about it, but dork there's like, there's a lot of stuff, I mean, he's, the melody is this long, spacious thing, right? So, he's got all this interest happening behind it. And the bass is back in, and it's, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. Who's, that's really nice. Those things, do you know, uh, Ahmad Jamal, Poinciana? Uh, yeah. Uh, or the whole But Not For Me record they have stuff like that it almost seems you know it almost seems like through composed mm -hmm. there's like interesting hemiola-ish stuff happening the whole time it's nice I, you know I felt what like what does hemiola mean there? I don't know uh, like uh, uh, implying a different rhythm so okay. like those sort of things I guess that they you just get a lot of like rhythmic interest when you look at what he's actually playing there you know it sounds like it's this complicated thing but if you listen back to it it's like probably a simple he just plays it right and the harmony is interesting and the bass player is doing something with him I mean you know complimenting it just it's it seems like it's a like you know you hear that and you're like wow I probably you know I probably couldn't figure that out. Mm. And then if you you know hear it or figure it out, it's it's not as deep as you think it is, but the way he plays it makes it well the, super it, the beautiful. depth that gets it. It's the it's the subtlety. I mean, it's not like to to text somebody like I got some nice dinner reservation isn't like deep, but it's like it's a nice setup. Whereas if you were it's like the anticipation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like here's my bank statement or something. Right. <laughs> I can chill out. That is deep, but I don't need to know that right now. <laughs> 
Yeah. Just relax. Something beautiful is going to come. Yeah. Let me set the beautiful mood for you with right. this awesome shit. Yeah. And there's going to be some great clarinet. See, I mean, what's... You know, and I think that he's... It's just like six things and... I don't, you know, that's one of those things where you hear it and, and you know, I feel like I can play the guitar. And yeah. I, I don't, I really, I, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. And that's... What do you think he's doing? I mean, I think, I think, I mean, I have an idea what he's doing. Right. But it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's some 60 stuff and it's, it's fun to hear that kind of comping, updated, uh, Peter Bernstein will do stuff like that. Like... Updated, you know, like, with different harmonic stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. But, you know, like, that kind of vein where it's, you know, there's a moving voice, and there's some sick stuff, and it's all, like, pretty, pretty, you know? And that's Jim Hall. I think he was, I mean, you know, I guess he was the first guy that I heard do it. I'm sure Barney Kessel and Tal Farlow, they were all sure. doing that, too. But it just seems so fucking slick here. Yeah. And then, I guess the other thing that attracts me about it is just the orchestration of the whole thing. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot. It's like, yeah. he's not playing now. You know, there was just a shit ton of guitar for two minutes. Yeah. And now he's going to be like, you guys. And then it comes back. With the thing. With, we, the, with, with the line. Yeah. yeah. With the thing they worked out. Before. I think a lot of this stuff was pretty through composed. Yeah. I think you're right. And he's gone again. Right. You know, and, and that's and that's sort of you know, it's not head, solo head. It's like yeah, awesome fucking comping, beautiful melody. Yeah, yeah. You played for however many bars we played the solo thing, and I came in. You know, that's just yeah. just there's just a lot of thoughtfulness in it. Yeah. And they 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 and they. Terry Bailey. Yep. I don't know the. Did you say no or yeah? No. No. So it's a lot of half-step stuff. Mm -hmm. I like half-step stuff. Okay. <laughs> Sounds a little more modern. Yeah. Recording quality. Sounds like fun. Sounds like this person's having fun. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what it is. No, I want to listen to more. Okay. I mean, I'm not gonna get. Okay, you can tell me. It's Joe Morris. I figured it might be Joe Morris. I had a lesson with Joe a couple years ago. Okay. I was playing, yeah, so this is fitting. I was playing, I don't know what we were doing, we were just playing. Yeah. And I was playing these short things. And uh, <laughs> he goes, you just gotta keep going, man. You just gotta keep playing. Okay. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I would play, you know, a medium length-ish thing. <laughs> Keep playing. Yeah. Meaning, does it literally meaning take up more space, go on longer, don't? Play, play, I mean, has he stopped? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Of course, <laughs> yeah. this is a solo record, uh, so it, there's a certain logic to that. But but in general, that's sort of what that's he does. He's a, he's a more yeah. of a Cecil kind of maximalist right. kind of player. And it's, you know, I mean, I don't think of it, I don't think of it as an exercise per se, but it is something that I'll do once in a while. And if you just, 
you know, and that's see if you can just keep to see if you can do it. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing with guitar players and piano players, for good or bad, is that you don't you know you don't have to breathe to play notes. Right. So you can you know you can do this. Yeah. So uh, when you do do that, I mean, it seems like he sort of gave himself a little bit of like a half step thing to start with, and then he played some single lines. And now some of the half-step stuff is back. So when you give yourself sort of a, a feel... When you're saying half-step, you mean like he's like doing... That, that doing like crunchy, like... Okay. So he's playing the two notes that are half-step apart at yeah. the same time. That, that's it's like a piano, half-step. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like get a cluster kind of sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, I didn't know if you would just if you meant transitioning from those notes or just playing at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Just check. Um, yeah, like a cluster thing. Yeah. So when you give yourself sort of that field to play on, I think uh, you know a lot of different shit can come out. Right, and that's what we're yeah. That's what we're so I was I wonder when you're talking about that kind of maximalism, like how that compares to some of the other stuff you've been saying, because it's like that could be a version of not not being subtle, not having anticipation, doing too oh. much. Yeah. Um, do you think that's happening here? And if not, if this is an exception to what you're talking about, why? Um, I don't. I mean, I think that's like the point of this, you yeah. know. Um, and solo guitar is hard. Yeah. Um, and he's kept, you know, he's, I'm, you know, I want to hear this. Like, yeah. He's kept my interest the whole time. Yeah. Um, so I don't think. And another thing I think. Um, as far as like improvising and and capital J jazz goes, is you know at, if you're gonna do that kind of stuff, I think you just sort of have to like uh, eventually you just sort of have to like embrace sound for sound's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he there's some more half step stuff. And he started, I think, very musically, and then with a musical thought, the you know the close voice thing. Uh, and then did some other stuff and returned to his musical thoughts. So I'm not thinking about this, you know, in a jazz way. I'm thinking about it in a sound way and applying some music shit to it, whether Joe's thinking about that or not. But What do you mean applying music shit to it? Well, I mean, it, you know, you, you heard a cluster. Yeah. I heard a minor nine or a, fl- or a half Sure, seven. yeah. So, so, um... I don't know. Maybe I'm coming at it wrong. Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's supposed to be just sound. Yeah. Maybe maybe he wasn't thinking. Mind. Maybe he just like played the shape and was like, I'm gonna fuck with the shape. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean certainly. I'm, that's... Gonna, I'm gonna return to the shape later. But yeah. I mean, I think he's. I mean, you know, he's clearly a master at that. Yeah. Wait, ask that again. Wait, ask that again. So you, there's one way you could listen to this music and think like this is music with these particular notes that you could transcribe it would be really hard to but you know it would, or if you're thinking of it as uh, sound that's being sculpted yeah like out of the instrument yeah I mean I, th- I mean I think it's probably I mean I think it's probably the way he's thinking of it is I mean I guess I don't know how he's thinking of it I think it's probably I mean it's probably both yeah cop out of your question sure um I think both is usually the right answer. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's, maybe, I mean, I don't know what if he's thinking, I don't know what, the, you know, yeah. if I watched him, I could tell what it is, but I can't, you know, I, yeah. I can hear the half-step stuff, but it's not like it's, uh, 
I mean, it might just be it might just be a shape. I don't know. I do that sometimes. It's fun to fucking play shapes on the guitar. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, and that's I guess that's sort of what I'm talking about as far as like uh, sound goes. Like if you hold your hand in this shape, whatever shape, and move it around, what yeah. does it sound like? Yeah. I mean, that's a fun. That's fun. Right. I mean, and that's you know when when, when you're listening to things like this or hearing a lot of things like this I mean it's fun to go home and be like spang and you're like what the f and you're like what is this this is a D and a what okay I don't even know what it is basically I go you know and that's it's just fun yeah and and I think that's I mean that's sort of why um my trio sort of did what it did does and then I sat down with an acoustic guitar and started writing all this stuff in it I guess it was sort of a reaction to, you know, being in school till I was like sure. 30. Right. And that, I think that's, I mean, I think it sounds that way. I hope it sounds that way on the record. I hope it's a little, uh, sounds grump, which way? Grumpy. Grumpy, okay. Sounds like it's a reaction. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I mean, that's what I was going for. Okay. You don't feel, uh, bad about thinking of your art as being reduced to being reactive rather than that. Not at all. I don't think I don't think anybody should. Okay. I mean, if, if re- reactions are where emotions are from, Ooh. so I have reactions all the time, and I think you should too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Kenny Brown. No. Bob Brew. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I feel bad. It's Wes again. No. Don't tell me. Okay. I feel like I'm very familiar with the sound. Oh, it's Grant Green. Yep. Yeah. What 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 gave it away just then? It was something he just did. He does those slide things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I his tone. I mean, what I was saying about the recording quality though is, uh, I just that's just the first thing I listen to right away. Yeah. And I think I want to do want to talk about that specifically. Sure. Um, and we can cut this part out. I, no, I no. want you to play, or I want to play Branch's record. Okay. Sure. Do you have that? Yeah. So, when it first started, it sort of sounded uh, like 80s-ish. Yeah. I don't know if it was like the voicings or what. But then I heard this, I heard it some more, and then it became, it was, you know, it's 60s, clearly it's 60s. Yeah. Um, why, do you, why are you noting the recording quality? I mean, that's just, that's a, Disorienting uh, the 80s, 60s thing, but yeah, it is. That, that's why, that's why I didn't want to guess. Okay. No, I mean, I, I, I think people don't talk about that enough. Um, and there have been some guitar records. I mean, there's just that's the first thing I hear. Yeah. And that sort of goes back to the point of uh, talking about the place. You know what I mean? Like the space it takes you to. Mm-hmm. That's sure. the first thing I drop into, and I think that. For evidence of that, all you need to do is listen to any ECM record ever, right? right? Yeah. And like the just the spacious, that. you know, it's like, oh, where am I? You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm in fucking Oslo and it's late and yeah. it's raining. You know what right. I mean? It's right. like, that's just like, that's the vibe of like, not all those, not all that music, but yeah, a sure. lot of that music. Yeah. And you know, they do variations on that. But like, if you hear, if you hear this, I mean, this sounds like, you know, is this Blue Note? Yeah, yeah. So this sounds like a Blue Note record. Yeah. So that sort of puts me in a spot where, okay, what else do I know 
other Blue Note do I know stuff do I know well? Well, I know a lot of I know a lot of Freddie Hubbard. Sure. Stuff. I just you know all the Herbie stuff. Yeah. It just it just it just immediately drops it in like this spot for me. Sure. Um, and how does that affect how you listen to it? Well, I mean, it, it I'm listening to it in a way that is more uh, I wouldn't say scholastic, but I know that there's some shit that's gonna happen that I'm gonna be wanting to like take note of. Right. And it would be different if you identified it as being an 80s record. You'd be like, this is something I'm supposed to be dismissive of. Or it's not that I'm supposed to be dismissive of it. It's because I'm actually dismissive right, of it. Okay. Um, I mean, and you know, there's a lot of music then from the 80s and you know, early 90s and whatever that you know, that shit just does not age well. Yeah. And it's not that nobody was playing then, but it's just one of those, as soon as you hear it, I mean, you know, maybe I, this is crappy, but for I For me, just, it's the bass just, tone, usually. It's the yeah, bass the tone rubber band. Pretty, pretty, pretty unbearable. There's a lot of, uh, I guess the snare drum is something that pops out of me right away. Sure. I mean, you know, if you hear Purple Rain, the yeah. snare drum is like a beat and a half, you know, long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Totally so, synthetic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any problem with electronic drums, but I mean, you know, the just super heavily affected shit. Maybe that's yeah, yeah. just maybe that's just the theme of today is that yeah. I just want to hear yeah. I just want to hear instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your your record sound is super dry in a way that I really like. I mean, it sounds like a room. Well, thank you. Yeah. And actually, Brian Sulpizio and I had a discussion about that, and actually Adam Vita and I did too. So, I guess you can like. You know, you can like hear the chair creak. Oh yeah. And you can like, I, I didn't, I haven't listened to it in headphones for a while, but you can like hear me being like. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I didn't necessarily want that on there, but I mean, I hope that that sort of points the listener to a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what that thing is, right. but I hope. Well, that, it's also you're just not. This is not recorded direct, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Anton is like right where that basket was yeah, and sure. we were like playing together and Frank was through the window you know but let's talk about Grant Green a little yeah let's talk about Grant Green a little so, bit together so uh, there's a lot of changes there and he's just being super melodic the whole time and it's not it's not he's not chasing anything he's playing melodies the whole time not chasing anything he's not he's not going after the chords in a way that makes you feel like it's jumpy you know what I mean it's like it's not like you know, D minor, yeah, C minor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making sure all the chords land with the changes, right? Yeah, but and it's melody. right. It's just it's just melodic all the way through. Yeah. And, and I know that sounds like maybe it's dumb to say, but that's that's not a lot of changes, but it's some changes. Sure. So it's easy to be like uh, sort of in motion after all of those changes uh, the whole time you're playing. Yeah. Um. And he doesn't do that. Um, and then just the tone, I think this is like, I mean, I wish that I could find this tone. Yeah. So what it sounds like to me, like. Which part of the tone? I mean, it's just super direct. There's not a lot of reverb. There's some, but I think that might be more recording reverb. It's dry and it's clear. The bass, when he plays lower, doesn't sound boomy at all. Okay. It just sounds like the guitar. Yeah. I mean, it's like a really 
awesome guitar sound. That's the problem if you want your, just like, I guess, EQ shit-wise. If you want it to be full, you have to turn the bass up a little bit, but like, I feel like I'm thumpy in the low end all the time, and this is like, it just sounds like the guitar lower, you know? Yeah. There's not like any kind of popping or right. big, dumpy, huge sound. Right. Um, and also, I mean, he always surrounded himself with, you know, the best. Yeah, yeah. Joe Henderson here. Is this Joe Henderson? Yeah. Is this Joe Henderson? Yeah. Is that Mary? Yep. So there you go. Hey. How did you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the first. I'm not surprised that you knew. I just no, I mean, the first, the first chord was. And it's, it's like what I was talking about. It's I'm like, going to go back with just here. That chord is yeah. just a very yeah. Mary Halverson chord. Yeah. It's got open strings and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that's stuff that I have to find. I like that too. It's, and I think that goes back to... <laughs> open strings. Yeah. A lot of open strings. Yeah. And it's fun, it's fun to do that shit. Yeah. And I think the... Not to be... And tell me if this is like too technical yeah but if you know we we're talking about moving the shape around yeah so if you move the shape to a spot and I sort of abuse this yeah where you can get clustery things between the open strings and the string that you're fretting mm -hmm. there's just like a lot of funky shit around there sure um, you're talking about doing like hammer on pull up things with um, it's more of like a it's more of like a shape thing you know if well the shape and the, I just I'm commenting on what you're doing with your hand it would not be audible on this thing like do you mean oh yeah no I'll tell you so if you're, if you're going if you're making a shape like this and these two notes are fretting yeah and there's open strings on either side yeah then you can get like G sharp G B B flat yeah all in like one yeah so you know I mean, as, you know, I see the Monk CD sitting there. You know, as much as like clustery stuff as he would play. Yeah. That's like as Monk would play. Right. Yeah. That's like the closest you can get to that on guitar. Yeah. Because you know, half steps are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you can yeah. do like two half steps if you're way up on the. You know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's not really a way to approximate that shit. Um, but this is, I feel like, in a different. It's just a different play field. You know what I mean? It just sounds, it's just this, I think it's, you know, that cluster idea, but, you know, in the more of a sound setting instead of right. swing. Instead of a swing setting, yeah, okay. But I haven't heard this record. What is it? Yeah, it's called Dragon's Head, it's from 2008. Okay. Chess Smith and John I did, Bear. The, one re the one record I listened to hers a lot of was another trio one that had like a, maybe this is it. It had like a drawing on the cover? Yeah. Is this it? Uh, this is a drawing on the cover. They, I, the, it's, the stuff is on Firehouse 12, which I think they all have, like, it might be the same artist or something, or at least her one's all the same artist, so I'm not sure. Um, well, what, one of the reasons, I and mean, let's talk, we're going to talk about some of the guitar playing things. One of the reasons I so, somewhat arbitrarily picked this track was because it, it does a lot of this. It, it's, uh, it reminds me of your playing in the way that it like seems based on shapes. Based on she was just doing these like kind of like these rubato arpeggio kind of things that are yeah. more about. It's like less about a line or a melody or something, and more about kind of like something that feels like it's about the properties of the guitar or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think 
like what that is. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, I think that's more of like a, just a motion mm -hmm. thing. And also when you repeat it that many times, I mean, I feel like that's like, you're trying to get the rhythm section involved in some sort of way. You know yeah. what I mean? So if, you know, as much as it sounds like a sound thing, I mean, there's like purpose to that yeah. line. Um, and then they ended right after that. So they made some notes of the rhythm section. They didn't play this again. Right. And then uh, in that whole thing they did with the different time feel at the end of the phrase. Right. Um, that's sort of what they do at the end, too, right? I mean, maybe that's one of those things where she's like, I'm going to play this mm -hmm. scalar thing, and then it's going to be done, you know? Yeah. It's just an arrangement yeah. Yeah, yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, shape-based stuff, and yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, other, like things said, you, it's other things you observe about her guitar playing here? Um, I like the sound, you know, it almost sounds acoustic-y. I think it's probably electric. Yeah, she has that big arch top guitar. And the other thing I liked um, about the recording Our quality... Our hollow body guitar, maybe it's not arch top. I forget that's what I'm talking Oh, arch top is hollow body. Is, is that the same thing? thing? Yeah. Okay, I was just like yeah. saying that. I was like, is that the same thing? No, no, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Double check <laughs> on the terminology. High five. High five. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So the other thing I liked about her record is, and I want to maybe talk about this later when we talk about Branch. Sure. Is if you turn it up a little bit, this record is dry as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's super dry. Yeah. And the, and the guitar is mixed. I mean, it sounds like a mic on physically on the guitar, but I'm sure it's on the amp too. And they just, you know, balanced it. Yeah. But I mean, I like that. It sounds. Yeah. I mean, it's very clearly a guitar record. Yeah. And I like the guitar's loud. It's in your face, and yeah. I, I don't, you know, that's that's what she wants. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like, you know. Yeah. Like she succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like that kind of stuff. If you've got one note on top and then just moving something around with this finger, it's just, it's just like fun to play stuff. Yeah. And fun to listen to, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, that's it. People, these, they all sound like they're having fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a good I mean, as you know, it's, it's like, how can you play the drums like that and not, you know? Right. I mean, you know, they're like, it just seems like a, it just seems fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think people take, you know, people take shit so seriously. Right, right, right. Well, that's an interesting question about like, you know, free jazz or whatever, however you want to term it, is there's, there's some element of incredible seriousness to to doing something that doesn't have a melody or, or whatever, but uh, but it, it could also be seen as the most absurd, playful thing to do, you know, that's like different ways to, which is almost just like a change in mindset and how you're hearing it, I feel like, more than yeah. anything about the music itself necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree. I don't know why people, I don't know why people don't think of it. I think maybe because they're thinking like, oh, this is some jazz, it's got to be like, you know, this is like some serious shit. But moving one chord around and like banging it a lot. I mean, I do that all the time. I mean, it's a musical thing, yeah. but also it's just fun. I guess it's common to hint at like the doom and gloom side, you know, saxophone, tons screaming saxophone. It's like a sure. dramatic, it's dramatic. Sure. I'm sure people have all sorts of musical thoughts about it, but like, 
if you're if you're coming at it from a layperson's point, I mean, if you can get past the notes, it's a dramatic thing. And the open string pounding around thing is also a dramatic thing. Yeah, yeah. Whatever musical reasons there are, I think, I hope that people hear some of that stuff as fun. Fun. thing that's striking about this and about a lot of guitar players is his time feel. Um, uh, he just, um, uh, he just, he sits back a little bit, like all the time, and that's, and that's. Is sitting back mean literally dropping out for a short moments? No, I mean, he's, he, he, he's a little behind the beat. Okay. So if this is. Yeah, right. He's yeah. not like. A little behind the beat sure. all the time, and uh, that's that's what makes it recognizable. Also, he's got I think this kind of stuff, especially where you can tell it's like a real. There's like a key center here, and he's just choosing to deal with it or not deal with it. And that's I feel like a lot of what I do when I play electric is, you know. I guess better or worse, a lot of the stuff I do is like time, no changes stuff. Yeah. So there's this, you know, drums, but it's like, you know, A minor-ish or whatever. Yeah. And, that's, and it's fun for me to hear him do this because when does he decide to deal with it or when does he decide to not deal with it? Yeah, sure. Um, and is, isn't not dealing with it still dealing with it because it's always still implied because there's some tone yeah, stuff the bass is, Yeah, the bass is like, Whatever. Yeah, and then he's yeah. like, okay, minor, but not anymore. And yeah. maybe I'll come back to it, or maybe I won't. Yeah. And that's and that's what I'm talking about as far as like hearing some of these dudes play changes. Is that if you can hear when they decide to like take a step away from what's happening and follow their line or whatever. Yeah. And that's what's fun about hearing Jeff in this setting is that you know could you like trans? It's you know, one of these fucking jazz school things. Like, could you transcribe that? You could transcribe it, but if you saw it on the page, you'd never play it how he played right, it. Right, sure. Because of if his time feel is not, I mean, I'm sure someone could write it down, but it's not like, you can't be like super graphy with it, you know? Right, right. And that's, I think that's what makes it super recognizable right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kenny Burrell would play behind the beat like that sometimes too or play around the beat. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes him super recognizable, even though I guessed incorrectly on the <laughs> Grand Green one. It's okay. <laughs> their tone their tone is their tone is similar. Yeah, sure, sure. Totally. This like takes you away too, right away, yeah. right? Where does it take you? I mean a relaxed space. Yeah. Sax is nice. And also those the flute stuff is like yeah. hinting at some older record too, and, and that's you know it makes the flutes just make it seem like lush, yeah, to me. Like you're in a jungle, yeah, that's like not hot. <laughs> <laughs> jungle that's not hot. That sounds a, a relaxing, no, relaxing no uh, malarial carrying. Yeah, you're just, in a, you're just in a cool, 
cool place. Yeah. No, the flutes, the flutes are perfect. The sax and the flute, that's really nice together. Yeah, totally. It's the same person too. I think. I think the whole album is, it Josh is like Johnson. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's uh, very heavily studio, studio made. Sounds awesome. What yeah. what label is this on? Uh, International Anthem. Oh, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty put it out. Cool. Much like if we're gonna listen to the branch one too, we'll get. It. Oh yeah. Good job, Scotty. Good job, Scotty. Good job, Scotty. I think maybe this is a good time to talk about just like Jeff in general. Sure. You know? Tell me about Jeff in general. I mean, I mean, he, I, I assume I you as a guitar player moving here were interested in him. Yeah, I mean, I know. I, yeah, I knew who he was before I came here, but I had never heard him play. I actually only met Jeff, talked to him a handful of times. But, I mean, I think. Uh, I think his shadow is kind of, I mean, not shadow is not the right word, but like, he's, he's doing it. He's continuing to do it. Mm -hmm. He did it, and he's continuing to do it, so. I don't know, it's not that I think of myself in relation to him at all, because I think we have different things, but I mean, he's definitely somebody that, you know, is an example of a guitar player in town, that was in town, yeah. who really did it. Yeah. Um, you, are you talking about specifically making a career, like, or yeah, I mean, you mean it, making music, or I mean, did it in what the, aspect of it? Are you yeah, talking? I mean, I mean, number one, making music. I think that all the tortoise stuff is uh, stuff that's really going to last, and that people are really going to continue to dig. I think the relatives, yeah, I love is, that record. is a masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to play his guitar once. I always sort of. Suspected that his no identity. <laughs> he wasn't there. He was sleeping. Yeah. Uh, no, I was. I was. Uh, he borrowed my amp for some gig, and I went to play his guitar. And I always sort of assumed that the far backness on the beat was because his guitar was like hard to play. Oh yeah. Like physically difficult to play. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and it, his guitar is like really easy to play. Oh really? Okay. So it may, it, it may be like like him more oh, you know? for, yeah. because it's really it's not any sort of physical limitation on his instrument or anything like that it's just really where he hears the beat yeah. it's like really coming from inside right. okay so you this is tim having picked the jamie branch no it's not this is jamie branch fly or die uh no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 right right right, right. Give so me, give me one. Come on, let okay, me have one okay, more. Okay, you can pretend you got it. This is Jamie Branch. Well, but then that would mean that I played two, two contemporary records on the same label, one after another, which would seem like a okay. dorky. Or okay, something. yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. So you picked this Never to go mind. after that. Yeah. Uh, why? Um, the thing I like about this, it's not really happening right now. But um, to tip, to tap again on the recording quality point. Uh, I think that the trumpet, I think the trumpet, I mean the whole band sounds great and it sounds like it's in a room, you know? yeah. but I think the trumpet specifically uh, has some really interesting shit about it. It's really, it's really forward in the mix, which I like, and also it gets a little loud, it's a little distorty, and I think that that is really cool. Um, I think it's really cool because uh, it gives you, I mean, that's how she sounds live. Right. Um, and I can't think of many other records that where you get as good of a 
idea about, because if you're close to her and she's playing that loud, your ears are going to be like, you know? Yeah. And that sort of comes across on the record. Yeah. So I, I think like this is really a, uh, it's really like a physical uh, document mm -hmm. of how she sounds when you hear her in person. Sure. Like right there, that, that was, you hear it? It's, like, yeah. it's not the horn distorting, it's, it's like a little bit like the microphone's distorting. Yeah. And I think, I think it makes it seem uh, immediate yeah. and uh, close. Uh, and I think those are two things that, you know, to, to contrast with ECM records again, it's like the opposite. And there's also not a lot of uh, reverb on right. this, or any. Yeah. So it just it it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a live record in a way that it's not it's not like a produced live record. It just sounds like a like really how she sounds in person. Yeah, yeah. And I don't I mean I was thinking about how I, how I can do that with guitar, and I don't really know how I can do that. You know what I mean? Right. It's like the the dynamic range and control that she has. I don't know if that is even if there's a way to do it with drums playing and with the cello and whatever. If there's yeah. a way to do that. Right. You know, for my instrument. Right. But I heard it and it, it was uh, immediately striking. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're, that's an interesting distinction because we were talking about like the physical properties of the guitar before and what music this lent. All the pro things you can do, although some of it was about imitating a thing you can't quite do that a piano can do, but there's a lot you can do that a horn can't do. That's true. Um, but but, but, I don't but unless you can I don't get, get unless you got your pinky on the the volume knob or something, you right. can't do the kind of volume stuff that she's doing. Right. I mean, there's you know, and that's I guess that's another thing too is that like you know you hear saxophones and like I could maybe like you know play like a saxophone, but you wouldn't want to play with me if I. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like saxophones go. Ooh, ooh, yeah, you know, yeah, if yeah. I like was to do that on the guitar, you'd be like, what the fuck is that? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but yeah. The, just the overall, the dynamics of it, the control she had, all the extra stuff, like the effectsy type stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, she does all that live. And yeah. It sounds fucking great. Yeah. And this is, I think they did a, just the overall. Yeah. This came out really well, I think. Yeah. It's it, it's interesting to you point out that relative to stuff we were just talking about because this is like, I mean, this is a solid backbeat. This is like, this has sort of like. A, non-jazz kind of poppy capacities to it right. and yet also like with the thing being featured over it is this very extended technique right. distorted weirdo kind of right thing. and and especially after listening to super sally you know i think our henriksen relies on effects for that sort of thing yeah and she can just make those sounds yeah so i mean that's another thing like i said before you know if you can't be funky without pedals yeah you can't be funky with pedals sure and she's funky without pedals. Charlie Christian? Yeah. I don't know the tune. But I want to hear the solo. Yeah, solo comes, is a couple minutes down the line. I'll take it away. Um, yeah, let's diminish things. Um, I mean, I guess so the first thing I hear is, I know we talk about this, the recording quality. Recording, recording quality, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you can tell it's, it's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And, of course. And, and you told me you were playing guitar player, so that, that narrowed it down for me. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think as far as I know, and maybe someone will call me and tell me I'm wrong, this is like the first electric yeah. single line 
stuff. Uh, I did. I have learned a few of his things, and I actually got something that I still use from one of his solos, especially when playing changes. He'll do a lot of stuff that's like kind of from the chord voicing that you would play. Right. So if you just kind of like poke around with those chord voicings, there's a lot of stuff there, and then you sort of find stuff that works near that stuff, mm -hmm. and before you know it, you can make some sense out of changes. Right. And so, I mean, that's, that's what I got from him. I do want to get, oh, here here's the solo. Anything to say about that? Yep. <laughs> What's that? I mean, I like the length, first of all. Should I, I can put it on while you're talking. That's... Okay, yeah, let's put it on. Let's hear it again. Um, I guess I personally don't like... I don't really want to hear dudes play like 15 choruses of anything. Yeah. It's not that people aren't interesting, it's just... I just don't... I just... I mean, that's... I never... I'm like, I'm not... I'm not a huge Coltrane dude. Uh -huh. um, I, I listen to him and I like it when I hear it, but sure. I don't put Coltrane records on. Sure. The other thing I like about this, that skip in his line. Also that that thing, the slide in, bing, that thing. Yeah. And how, you know, it's funny, I, I hear a little Chuck Berry there. Will you play one more time? Yeah, yeah. Like there's some stuff in there that's like Chuck Berry-ish. Chuck Berry-ish, okay. I'll put it back in, I'll point it out. As it's about to, yeah. Oh, I, just was, was, yeah. I was just getting, putting it on for the lead-in. Last sliding. Okay. Yeah, that's the chord shape, but it is. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying he's building the solo line out of but just it, the shaping you do with your hands. I mean, some of it. Yeah. That. Bing. Yeah. And then sort of down a bluesy thing. Yeah. Although this is before Chuck Berry. I'm oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm saying Chuck Berry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And those things, back to the point of like shape and like the physicality of the guitar. Yeah. That's just, that's just fun to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, you're in C and you're like, bam, and you yeah. slide up into it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a fun thing to do. Yeah. Like, hey, check it out. Bam. Yeah, totally. Uh, and also just like the, the, I mean, that's, uh, it just sounds like he's having fun, sliding around. Like, I almost feel like he wants to, like, bend stuff. It really, it really does sound like Chuck Berry to me. Yeah. Oh, uh, but, you know, on changes, it starts as a blues thing. Yeah. And that's, I don't know that Chuck, yeah, Chuck Berry would do that. So it starts as, like, it starts, like, ba da 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 hits, like, a bluesy thing, and then he goes up, and then he plays the major third down. So he's sort of acknowledging the blues side of it, but also... Yeah. This sounds super dorky now that I'm saying a lot. He's no, acknowledging no, no. the blues side of it, but then he's like... By oh, playing both the minor third and then also the major third. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, bluesy thing, just kidding, it's a major third, and we're going to the four chord. Okay. So it's, 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 I mean, he's, you know, he's nodding at the blues dudes yeah. that came before him. Yeah. And that's cool. The sliding is cool. Just the lines itself, it's, I mean, he's really like... I mean, it sounds dumb, but like, he's really like getting around on the guitar. He's fucking playing the guitar. Yeah. But you know this one? Yeah, I've heard it. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, this one. Right, right, right. Okay, so neither of us is guessing here, but this is five style. This is five style. Um, Chicago classic. Yes. So I heard this when I was like 14 or 15 or something. What I liked about it, musically, number one, it's like funky. Yeah. I like, I like funky. Number two, the guitar, I think is really fucking cool too. I still think it's really cool. So, I'm from North Dakota, so I heard a lot of like country guitar and like steel stringy, or, uh, pedal steel, bendy, country-ish things. Um, and when I heard this, it was sort of like a crossroads between like funkiness and like some of those other sounds I was hearing. He does a lot of bendy stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and it was just sort of a, like I didn't know you could do this, basically. Uh, Which aspect of it? I mean, anything like it at all. Right. Um, my mom's a choral director. Okay. So I heard, I knew a lot of choral music mm -hmm. and I knew music that was on the radio. And I heard this and I just, I didn't, you know, it was brand new to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it sort of opened a whole new yeah. world for me. He's doing a lot of like double bent strings. Right. Which is meant to imitate a steel guitar. Right. Because that's, I mean, you know what a guitar sounds like. Yeah. So like that. Bam, bam, bam. That's two, that's two strings. And they'll do things like where they bend like an eighth of a step and then a quarter step and then a half step. So. There's a lot of that happening here too. Anyways, that was your, that was the other part I wanted to talk about as far as the dub thing goes. Is I mean the drums are one thing, uh, but like the keyboard player, it says keyboard. I thought he was credited as something else other than keyboard, but he's yeah. pretty much like the dub sound dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah, see yeah. on stage with reggae bands. I mean that's kind of his role. Right. And I I you know Bob Marley legend that reissue came out, so I was like sort of vaguely aware of some dub-ish sounds. Yeah. And it was that too, it was like a little bit of like, what's that super weird, what's that thing? And also like I hadn't heard like the meters yet. Sure. And so. Obviously a huge influence on this, yeah. And and then I was hearing like pedal steel guitar at the same time. So it was like kind of like all of my worlds and like myself like in the basement at that point with the wah pedal being like, what, what, like, Were you, yeah, were you like, all right, I have to move to Chicago now. <laughs> no, I had no idea they were a Chicago band. That was right. the other thing I want to talk about. Yeah. I, I didn't know they were a Chicago band at Figured all. Figured they're from Seattle. I, yeah, Sub Pop. Right. Yeah. So I didn't listen to them for a long time and then started playing like, you know, capital J jazz. And, uh, bang, bang, bang. And then, uh, and then what? You I was at, Roy or something? I was at, yeah, basically. I was okay, at, I was at the Skylark and, uh, Toby was there. And he said, that guy used to be in Five Style. And I was like, what? About Lee Roba. About Lee Roba. Yeah, just yeah, I'm for, sorry, the, yeah. for the listener. Yeah. And I said, no way. And he was like, yep, he was. And then I, went, I chatted with him. We didn't talk much. Uh, but then I played guitar at Toby's wedding. And we chatted a bunch there. Yeah. And I got to know him there. Uh, and then I looked just randomly one day, looked in my Five Style CD. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you didn't, you actually didn't believe it. I didn't, previously. I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, like, he told me, but I, like, I think I had remembered for that night and yeah. then drank too much and forgot. Yeah, it. sure. And then I was like, that's Leroy. I like it. 
I don't know what it is. Um, you want to guess? You want to just talk about it? I want to talk about it a little bit. Maybe something cool. will come to me. That's fine. Um, there's obviously like a... Um, I don't want to say... Uh, there's a real... There's just some thought behind it. You know, it's not just like... I'm just going to make some noise on the guitar. Mm-hmm. There's like some musical intention. I appreciate that. Working the harmonic thing still. I like that. It went away. It's coming back. Open strings. Derek Bailey. <laughs> wow, you got her. Why did I? Why could I not think of it? Yeah, it, it's. I have a three-year-old. Okay. Hey. My brain doesn't work like it used to. It's beautiful. I mean, who? Who? Still working the harmonic thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. It's. You know, it sounds like this, but I feel like if you really listen to it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. You want? I'd like ask you if you want to try to define what sort of sense it makes. I mean, because there's an interesting thing with Derek Bailey, like he, which he, unlike a lot of musicians, has theorized all this like, stuff about non-idiomatic playing, where it's like, it feels, this could be what we were talking about before with like denying the audience. This has a certain air of denial to it, which I don't mean in a bad way, but it's just, it's like, you are not going to get, oh, I'm going in a direction, nope. You know, so I wonder what you mean by saying it makes sense. Um. This is like one of those things where I think if you were, and maybe someone disagrees with me here, but I think if you were to like make a graphic score of this, like this is what would come out of the graphic score. So in the way that, you know, it started, can't you just see this as like dots Mm -hmm. on a page? You know, I feel like it has a real visual counterpart. Sure. Um, You know, I think of maybe the harmonics as like, open or circles or something you know I feel like it's just it's it musically if you were to analyze it you would say there's some harmonic things and like you were talking about he played like a pocket e thing there for a minute where there was like some real rhythm happening and then you were like oh yeah cool I know what that is and then it was gone yeah so I mean he he's clearly doing that yeah um and that's a very like jazz guitar. That was almost like a Jim Hall gesture right there. Right. Yeah, that too. But the other thing I like about that is if you just listen to the tone of it, it's not like real slick minor four. Yeah. If it's not it's not like real slick, you know, his 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 strings are low mm-hmm. and it's buzzy and it's not perfectly that one was fretted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like he's making sort of these decisions to be a little uh provocative or raunchy even mm-hmm. in his own within his own world or to be beautiful and sound like Jim Hall for a minute yeah and then do that yeah <laughs> and then play behind the bridge yeah right and then play you know above the nut so I mean I think the musically why it makes sense is because there's definite there's definitely some motives happening the whole time there's just a lot of choices that go into this and I think that's sort of the difference between, uh, I don't know, I, want, I don't want to say the good stuff and the bad stuff, but the stuff that I want to listen to and the stuff I don't want to listen to. Loving something 
for sound or loving sound for its own sake is one thing, you know, and music is, I think, a different thing. And I think plenty of people would disagree with that, but I, I think that's kind of how it is for me. Sure, sure. And this, this is, I mean, and I'm sure people would disagree with me on this too, but this is music. There are musical yeah. things happening yeah. here and they're being interpreted in a unique way. Yeah. And that's what's great about Derek Bailey, whose name I did not forget. <laughs> uh, uh, he's made his, he's got his own world. Yeah. And yeah, what, what, and so does Parker. And yeah. So does Charlie Christian had his own world. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. you make your own spot. Your playing, and particularly on that album, is sounds influenced by Derek Bailey, mm -hmm. uh, but is putting it in a very different context. Mm -hmm. um, that's not actually a question. That's a statement. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think that's totally true, and that's you know that's something else I wanted to talk about. No one's ever mentioned the rhythmicness of mm -hmm. the music to me. No one's ever mentioned of, your music. of my music. Yeah. No one's ever said, hey, you know, no, one, no one's ever told me that that's what they connected with. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you saw us at The Brain once, you said something like, it's basically math rock, which I kind of think, I mean, it kind of is. Uh, and there are, I mean, there are other things. Well, <laughs> don't okay, I'm like, I'm like, I don't remember that. It sounds, it sounds like something I would have said. Yeah. So. So, uh, other people have said, you know, it sounds like whatever, it sounds like And that's also was with Adam, who was in U.S. Maple, which is that's right. not, I mean, only in the last album, and is not exactly a math rock band, but just to draw a sort of connection with that tradition, right. yeah. there's a connection there. Um, but no one's ever mentioned, like, the really the rhythmic part of it, and that's, you know, I talk, we talked about some hip-hop stuff and some backbeat stuff. I feel like a lot of that is on that record it's, yeah. I feel like it's super rhythmic yeah and no one's ever been like hey yeah you know and I mean not nothing against this but there's not a lot of rhythm here yeah there's yeah. He, he's he's chosen in his own world to not make rhythm a part of what he does yeah that seems and, that way and I just grew up hearing backbeat music so much that I feel like it is a part of what I do yeah and so for me I don't think it would be honest to not acknowledge that and that's why I don't play I mean there's one track on there where Towards the end, where uh, there's two duets, and that's pretty different. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing I think on there that's really like non-rhythmic. Um, but no one's ever mentioned that. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised about that. Mm. But what was your? I, I totally forgot your question. Did I answer your oh, question? Oh, I mean, sort of. No, it was one aspect of. I was just talking about the way that you're. It could, you could be said to be doing like. A Derek Bailey thing, not oh, primarily, but yes. you're, you're employing some of the sort of language that he uses yeah. in a very not in in a context that would not be described as that kind of right. uh, Eminem records, kind of like whatever it is that isn't that that's what the label is, right? Eminem, which which label? Oh, his his yeah label. yeah Eminem, yeah, right? I was like I was like that doesn't sound right. You know no, that's totally it. You know Margasak wrote that about that record too. Yeah, and. Which that's that Marcus that gets credit for me thinking to play Derek oh. Bailey, by the way. So total full full disclosure, yeah. Uh, this is that the, was news to you. This is the longest I've ever listened to Derek Bailey. Okay. Really? Yeah. This is it. Sure. Which is maybe one reason that I did think of his name. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, I I mean I told I hear it. Yeah. But it's not it's not a conscious Yeah, sure. I'm not consciously 
poking at that. Yeah, yeah sure. But I mean, I think I think there's some similarities, and I think some of them the stuff we already touched on. Like, I I tried hard on that record to play to play the tune. Mm -hmm. You know, so the one tune that's got all the triplets at the beginning. To half that thing. Yeah. I mean, in the solo, I tried real hard. To play triplety shit, yeah, and sure. some half step stuff, yeah, and the one where it's, bom, 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 bom. yeah, that one and the solo, it's it changes. That's like a five four thing, and then it goes with this four four thing, and it's like really like that, was, pro a, that was probably the one that made me say it was math rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and but then the but then the solo goes, the bass line goes, bom, 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 bom. And no one's ever mentioned that to me. Like, and Frank's like, you know, it's like yeah. an open hi hat rock thing. I, I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm not like upset about it, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of rhythm on there. Anyway, if you try to if you're trying to make your own little spot, I think you need to play like in your spot. And so and also the play the tune thing is like a. That's just what old dudes always say about younger dudes in jazz. They're not playing the tune. Mm. And, you know. So you're transitioning to be an elder? <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but maybe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, I think, I think there's something to that. And it's not just, you know, being yelled at by some ancient sax player. It's like, if you're going to try to do that sort of thing, that you should deal with what you gave yourself. Right, that's, uh, let's ask me the question. So what made you pick this Von Freeman record? <laughs> uh, I really like that it's Chicago. I really like the band sounds spectacular. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't think. I mean, Vaughn is unique in a way that not a lot of anybody is anymore. Yeah. Um, I think the band is killer. I think Jody Christensen is spectacular. Yeah. He's. I mean, it's, and I think they make a good pair. I think, uh, you know, Vaughn has this real sort of floaty, beautiful, and Johnny Christensen does too, but he plays, he plays more. Yeah. And they both have, uh, uh, their own relationship with the harmony. And what that means is, like a lot of people from Chicago, they're willing to follow their line a little more than the changes. Right, follow their line. Right. Which sort of the, the, intu the intuitive logic of it or something? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, if it's, if you hear something, then you play it. Right. And you're, you're not really necessarily dictated by where the chord is going. Deciding if you are genuinely interested in expressing yourself, or if you're really interested in, uh, making sure you're playing all the right notes. Right. So, it's not that that's, that those two are against each other, but if you, have a, if you have an opportunity and that's the kind of player you are, then you should, you should follow the line. Yeah. There's something that seems very Chicago about what you're saying about like doing it, you know, people just describe, I mean, that one's called doing it right now, you know, but do it like, you know, we're doing it, this is not a joke, this is for real, stand up and do it. I mean, people often translate that as like this kind of like hardworking mentality or something, which mm. somehow that, that's never quite seemed right to me. People say that about Chicago, and I think they're just plugging into stereotypes about the Midwest. 
maybe that's what it is, but it, it, it seems very different to me than the way that like, stereotypically, this is obviously a total exaggeration, but like a New York thing would be like, I'm working all the time, I'm running around, I'm making money, I'm doing whatever I've signed up for, you know, and that could be, but like all of it is like with a little bit of remove, like music that sounds like you might be like checking your phone during the right, solo. And of course, I don't mean that to refer to there's tons of amazing music in New York or wherever, but I mean, there's like that sort of ideal, whereas this really feels like, it seems related to following through the ideas to the logical conclusion or to, I don't know, a lot of the music, Chicago-based music we've listened to seems like it follows a certain trajectory. I mean, and this is, and you're right, and a lot of the stuff, I mean, all the stuff, the Chicago stuff we've heard is a band. Right. This is all, ba this, this is a band. Yeah. And yeah. they fucking worked. Yeah. And that's why they sound like this. Yeah. And I think other places, you know, it's like, oh, we got the date in right. February. Do a and, rehearsal that afternoon. And I booked maybe. one gig. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it for 30 minutes. I'm not saying that seems half-assed, but I think that there's a vibe that you get when you have a working band, period. Absolutely. And this is a working band. And that's the great thing about Chicago is that you can have a working band. Yeah. And there are places to play, and if you're good, there's be other opportunities. Um, I'm not saying that's not how it is in other places, but that's an opportunity here. I think that's one thing that... You know, as much as people say hardworking or whatever, I mean, you can you can afford to live here. Yeah, absolutely. And you can afford to like play forty dollar gigs. Yeah, because you can teach or you can fucking whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, these are all bands. What should I say that's punctuating? Oh, I don't know. You already said several things that could be. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and see, that's what I mean, is like, all of that is stuff that was like almost exclusively in the changes. Yeah. It's just really fast, right? Right. But then he'll play... Of course, he's not doing it now. Yeah. He'll play something that doesn't follow yeah. the changes at all. And I think that's the, I mean, that's the coolest thing, is you get to decide, right? Yeah. And a lot of people let the music decide for them instead of them deciding.
bebop. Basically, right. learning, learning, how to play, how to play, bebop, bebop, learning, 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 how to play, how to play, bebop, bebop, basically, bebop, basically, bebop, basically, learning, how to play, bebop, basically. And I did that for a long time. 